Good morning, friends. The Lord be with you. Thank you so much. My name is Becky. I'm on staff here at Pleasant Street Church, and we're so glad that you're here. And if you're worshiping with us at church, I'm sorry, at home, we're glad that you've joined us as well. So welcome. May the Lord be with you as well. A couple of announcements. This week is a big week. Um, Obviously the election, but also the Burns family will be coming this week. And the crazy thing is that they have been given 24 hours notice for when they will arrive. It will be sometime between the 3rd and the 6th, and the moving company is only going to give them 24 hours. So we have some things that we have to do in preparation for their arrival yet, too. Um, The parsonage has been cleaned and painted. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was cleaned and then painted, and now it needs to be cleaned again. So we're going to need some help with that, and so watch your emails if you're able to help with that. Also, we're looking at maybe the possibility of putting some meals in their freezer for when they arrive. So keep an eye on your email, and we'll send that out as soon as we have more details for how we can bless the Burns family this week as well. However, one thing that can happen today, um, I see some young guys here. We need some strong helpers. There are some air conditioners that are in the garage and they need to be moved either into the basement or in other places. So if you are able to help with that, um, see Steve Herringa after the service and maybe we can quick get that done this morning after the service. So that would be a big help. Um, We're going to have coffee, I believe. There was some discussion about that, but we are going to have coffee even though it's kind of cold outside. What season is it, by the way? Can somebody tell me? Is it fall? Is it winter? Is it, it felt like spring even when I went out this morning. So Marlene says it's coffee season. So that will be good. We'll have some coffee. Um, And then finally, we want to welcome Pastor Trevoris Weaver. So Trevoris, welcome back. We're always so blessed when you are here. So we're glad to have you here. So thank you for that. And I trust that God will speak through you this morning as well. Let's quiet our hearts now in a time of preparation. God of life, thank you for calling us to belong to something so much bigger than ourselves. Thank you for your church at all times and places. We pray that all who come to worship today, either online or in person, may sense that the gospel of Christ is so much bigger than even this congregation. We look forward to you being with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I invite you to rise now in body or in spirit as we join in our call to worship. The eternal Father, who loved us and set us free from our sins, who loves us still with that love that will not let us go, and who will love us forever, calls us to worship him today as the only true lover of our souls. The Lord stoops to receive the love of our poor hearts. He calls us to remember the depth of his love for us in Christ. God seeks our love. Let's sing about that love that lasts forever.
mighty God. Your love for us and for all people is powerful beyond measure. Your love is so vast that nothing will prevail against it. We know this love is trustworthy because of Jesus Christ, his life of compassion, death on the cross, and resurrection from the dead. In life and death, we belong to you, Holy Triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please join us as we continue in song together. deep love of Jesus. Tis a heaven of heavens to me, we sang, and it lifts me up to glory, for it lifts me up to thee. What a beautiful declaration, again, that we can make. But yet we know that throughout this week, we have not loved as God has loved us. So I invite you now, friends, to join me in a prayer of confession. I will begin, and I'll let you respond. God of everlasting love, we confess that we have been unfaithful to our covenant with you and with one another. We have worshipped other gods, money, power, greed, and convenience. We have served our own self-interest instead of serving only you and your people. We have not loved our neighbor as you have commanded nor have we rightly loved ourselves. 
Forgive us, gracious God, say with me, and bring us back into the fullness of our covenant with you and one another. Through Christ our Lord, amen. Let's take a few moments of silent confession. My dear beloved friends, hear these words of assurance. Christ is our peace. Those who are divided, he has made one. He has broken down the barriers of separation by his death and built us up into one body with God. To all who repent and believe, he has promised reconciliation. So let us live as people reconciled, and we say together, Amen. I invite you to rise again in body or in spirit and join in singing our song of assurance, His Mercy is More.
With that assurance, friends, the peace of Christ be with you. Let's take some time to greet each other. Good morning to our Pleasant Street family. You are my church family, and I thank you for that. Um, there is one announcement. Denise Audette recently had um, knee surgery, and we want to pray for her uh, as she recovers, but is also experiencing pain, and uh, we just pray that God will be near to her during this time. So today is November 1, and I um, can't hardly believe that it's November, but it is. And soon we'll be celebrating the holiday of Thanksgiving. And I would like to focus our prayer this morning on giving thanks to God for all he is to us and for all he has provided us. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning with hearts full of gratitude and praise. We thank you for this day that you have given us, a day set aside from others, a day of Sabbath to rest and to worship you. We thank you for being our creator God, and we thank you for revealing yourself to us in creation. We thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus, who, was redeem who has redeemed us from our sins. We thank you for the mercy provided through that. And we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, who continues to be with us every day. From James 1, verse 17, we know that every good and perfect gift comes from you. We thank you for being our loving Father, that nothing can ever separate us from your love, and that your love endures forever. Thank you for always being with us, for never changing, for always providing for us, for keeping us safe, and for continuously pursuing us. We thank you for the gift of music and song, and instruments and voices. We thank you for those who lead us in worship and praise every Sunday. We thank you for the gift of technology that allows us to worship and come together as a church, not only in a building, but also online. And we thank you for those who have a hand in making this possible every Sunday. We thank you for the progress that has been made on the restoration of our building. We thank you for providing the finances needed and for those involved in the planning and overseeing of this project. Lord, we thank you for the staff of Pleasant Street. We thank you for their gifts, for the joy they take in their work, even when the hours are long. It is evident that they love you, Lord, and that they love your community here at Pleasant Street. We thank you for them, and we pray for a continued blessing on them. We thank you, too, for our council and the leadership and service they provide, and we thank you for the many programs offered here at Pleasant Street and the volunteers that help make that happen. Lord, we thank you for bringing Pastor Burns to Pleasant Street as our next pastor. We thank you for him and his family, and we look forward to their arrival this week. We thank you for what lies ahead for us as we uh, look forward to his leadership here. We pray for their safety as they travel to Whitensville this week and are grateful for the traveling mercies they already have had. Lord, we thank you for our families, for our spouses and our children, and we thank you for our church family here at Pleasant Street. Today we bring before you the needs and concerns of our church family. You know what those needs are. Thank you for being a God of healing, a God who performs miracles every day. Thank you for providing innovations in medicine and we are thankful for the progress being made in therapeutics and a vaccine to combat COVID-19. 
Thank you for being a God, a God who, when we are burdened and weary, will take our cares and give us rest. Thank you for being a God who brings peace and comfort when we mourn. And when we have needs, we thank you for being a God who promises to provide what we need for the day. Lord, we pray for our country this week as we hold an election for leadership. Many of us are probably praying that we just get through this week and get this behind us. We know that there seems to be such disunity, but let our prayer be to find common ground and common goals. May our prayer be that you heal our landlord and bring unity. May our prayer be that our nation turn to you, Lord. And yet when we are anxious, we thank you that you are a God who is in control of all things. We thank you for revealing yourself to us in your word, the Bible. And as we turn to your word this morning, we thank you for our brother, Pastor Travoris, and we pray for a blessing on him as he brings us your message. We are thankful for ears to hear and minds and hearts that are open to your word and message this morning. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for always answering our prayers. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. This morning, I have the privilege of reading from Romans 8, verses 38 and 39, found on page 917 in the Pew Bible. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Good morning, Pleasant Street. It's, uh, it's great to be here this morning with you. Did you enjoy the extra sleep this morning? I don't know if any of you took advantage of, uh, can I just uh, mention the elephant in the room? I mean, that was great. Uh, it's, uh, it's a blessing to be here, and I give honor, all honor and glory to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and to all the shepherds and leaders of this flock, uh, to your new pastor who's coming on board. Uh, that's, that's exciting, and uh, so it's just a tremendous blessing to be here with you today. I want to talk with you on the subject tied together by inseparable love, tied together by inseparable, inseparable love. From Romans 8, the 38 through 39. I don't know how many space movie fans, do we have any space movie fans in the house today? Good, good. You know, when I, when I thought about asking that question to you all, I had envisioned one or two people raising their hands. And uh, so it's awesome that I'm in good company. Uh, lately, I've gotten really into intergalactic space movies. And as a matter of fact, I have a quick announcement I just want to make to everybody. So when I make this announcement, please do not be jealous, okay? Do not be indignant. Don't be bitter towards me. But, uh, but I definitely have a confession to make. Last spring, as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic and the, uh, basically the statewide shutdown, many of us were not able to go to work. And so what I, what I did, I decided I would redeem the time by earning a doctorate degree in intergalactic space movies from Disney Plus University. Oh yeah, yeah, I know, I know you're jealous, you'll get there, you know, just give it some time. But whether it's Star Wars, The Mandalorian just came out like a couple of days ago, season two, or, uh, or whether it's Star Trek or, or Martian, and you know, I just finished watching the new Lost in Space series uh, on, on Netflix. But, uh, but anyway, I know this is not a, a movie review, it's a homily, so I'll, 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 I'll continue. But let me just tell you about Interstellar, right? You know, 
don't know if you've seen Interstellar with Matthew McConaughey and Hathaway. Uh, you know, I think in some ways it's a really terrific movie. And according to the scholarly resource of Wikipedia, you know, the basic story of the movie is set in a dystopian future where humanity is struggling to survive. Life and death are at stake. The film follows a group of astronauts who travel through a wormhole near Saturn in search of a new home for for mankind. Cooper, played by Matthew McConaughey, agrees to go on the space mission as pilot of the Endurance spacecraft. And it's an exciting mission, but for Cooper, it's not without sacrifice. Cooper will have to sacrifice what he loves the most, and that's time with his family And as the result of time dilation differences between space versus Earth, Cooper and his comrades lose over 60 years of time as a result. Cooper longs for the family he loves the most, but he's separated from them. And he goes through a period of compounding grief as he begins to lose hope. He begins to feel there is nothing he can do, and he's lost so much time. And he he himself begins to feel conquered and separated. COVID-19 in some ways may have caused us to feel separated. And maybe in some ways we feel conquered. We're used to being together, but now in some ways we've been apart. We've been forced to quarantine, to socially isolate, to distance ourselves. And if we fully, but if we fully embrace the truth, And I've had to remind myself over and over again throughout the last, especially throughout the last several months, I had to remind myself over and over again that God has a plan and that nothing surprises him. And if we fully embrace just the simplicity of that truth, we can trust that this period in our our lives is part of God's plan. This season for our community called the church is part of God's plan. We can be confident that this experience is going to work out for our good. That we can even grow more connected in this season. Historically, pressure, right, has caused the church to go viral, not shrink back. I don't know, maybe I'm, I don't know, I'm probably dating myself, but I don't know if how many of you remember the movie Baby's Kids. You know, the, there was this phrase in the cartoon movie that says, we don't die we multiply, right? You know, the church doesn't die. It multiplies. It grows. Vi- a pressure makes the church go viral. And, it, and it's hard to fully grasp Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 38 through 39, especially if, you, if all you've known in your life is rejection and separation. Maybe for, for some of you, this, this community, this, 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 or this community called the church is your lifeblood. And maybe, and maybe, really in some ways, that should be the case for, for all of us. But, but maybe for you, you're going through a difficult time in your life and the loneliness and separation you felt, especially during the quarantine, especially in the midst of all that's going on in our culture, in our community, and society, uh, the grief or maybe the separation you're experiencing has compounded. We need the church. We need each other now more than ever, and we need God's love, right, to permeate our lives. I know that I do. The the idea of, of church being community or of church being family may be foreign to many of us. Perhaps the words love, community, and family spark so many different emotions, and, and for many of us, it resonates with us. These words resonate with us. But I wonder that if, if for others, not so much. That, that maybe all you've known in your life is rejection, so it's hard to even grasp this concept of love. Maybe for you, your experience of family ended up being that lives were torn apart, wedges driven between you and the people you cared so deeply for. And in Romans chapter 8, we see Paul basically saying that nothing can separate us or nothing shall separate us from the love of God. 
How do you come to know this kind of love when all you've known throughout your life is toxicity? For, for many of us, our first experience of love is from our parents who welcomed us into the world. But the crisis arises when we're in an environment that no longer welcomes you, but, but rejects you. And in an article I read called Fighting for Love on Urban Faith, from Urban, the Urban Faith magazine, the question of how to know love when all you've known is toxicity is addressed. Unfortunately, in our culture, being toxic has become normalized. It's become increasingly difficult to ever love authentic, authentically when all you've witnessed is the lack of love that has left you desperately trying to trust and, and understand this love that, that supposedly ties families together. Or, or what does love even mean? The word love is overplayed in America. We love that big, fat Angus beef burger filled with caramelized onions and bacon and, and cheese and peppers and a little bit of salt and peppers. You know, and we, we, we love that burger from five guys, right? And, and yet we'll use that same word, love, in reference to our wives and our spouses. I love my spouse. And, and does that mean we love our wives just as much as we love the burger? Come on, guys. I know you're not second-guessing that question. You know, no way. You know, why? We, we love our spouses. We, we use love for everything, so much so that we fail to understand. I know I do. I fail to understand God's love. It's so foreign to us. We cannot fully grasp it. It is overwhelming. And yet the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, that, that God is love. And it's the same love that the Apostle Paul mentions in Romans chapter 8, verse 39, when it says, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to korosai, separate us in the Greek, from the agapes, the love of God in Christ Jesus, our love. God's love is agape. In other words, it is a love that God has for us that is unconditional. This means you don't have to earn it. You don't have to, you don't have to buy it. You don't have to invest in it. Uh, you know, it's not based on what you've done or what you've accomplished. It's not based on your appearance. It's not based on whether you won it all or you lost it all, whether you gain weight or you lose weight, whether you win the race or you, or you lose the race, whether you sin or you don't sin. And I'm not condoning sin, but God loves us anyway. In spite of ourselves, he loves you and he's enthralled by you. And our response should be surrendering our entire selves to him and humble obedience because he loves us. He loves you so much. And, and the church, the, the family of God, right, is called to radically showcase God's love so that it fills the atmosphere of our lives like sweet perfume. Mm -hmm to those who have been contaminated by the toxicity of normalized culture. In the book of Romans, Paul is able to boldly proclaim as one who is persuaded to, to a world filled with those who, have, who are separated, a world filled with those who are hurting, who are hopeless, those who battle loneliness, to all of us that nothing can separate us from the love of God. God's love is limitless, undefeatable, insurmountable, overwhelming, astonishing, unconquerable, unconditional, inseparable, to name a few. And he's jealous for you. He wants all of you because he loves you so much. Have you ever watched one of those intergalactic space movies where an astronaut ventures off into space, away from the ship, being tied down by nothing but a rope and harness? The rope and harness is what keeps the astronaut from drifting away off into to nothing land. But, but what always happens in these space movies? The rope snaps, and they drift off into nothing land. It always happens. You know, God loves ties us together. It's what keeps us from drifting, even in the midst of the pressures of life that wants to sweep us away. 
God's love is what keeps us together as one community, one family, and one church. And if we press rewind in the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7 cries out in despair of the wretched man that he is. He sees the depth of his sin which is separating from him from God, right? Like an uncrossable, never-ending gulf and says, what wretched man I am who will rescue me from this dying body. Have you ever gone through a time in your life where you wondered who will rescue me? The initial tendency for a person who was lost is to cry out for despair, to cry out for help. But what if you cry out for help or you cry out to be rescued and all you hear are echoes, 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 and nobody answers? Sin is as ugly as one crying out in desperation. This is life or death, but, but no one answers. Sin causes us to, to be separated in some ways. We long for rescue. We long for a hero. And in the midst of, of all the turmoil we've experienced this year, many people are longing for rescue. We run to the poles looking for rescue. And I believe this is in part why our American culture is so fascinated, right, with, with all these superhero movies, you know, the, the Captain Marvel or Avengers and Thor and, and, and all these other films. It's because in a sense, we want to be, we want to believe in a sense these heroes are real. We want to believe in someone or something that can rescue us and save the day. As a chaplain in the prisons, I get to connect with inmates who long for rescue. They long to be free and not just free from prison bars, but free from their guilt, their guilt and their, their condemnation. And maybe this is you right now. That you may not be in a physical prison, but you're in a spiritual and an emotional prison. And this is what makes Romans chapter 8 verse 1 so powerful where the Apostle Paul says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus came to Paul's rescue. Jesus comes to your rescue. And he's here right now. He's here right now to rescue you. He invites you in a personal relationship with him. You know, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, if we go back a little farther, this is where the Lord says, then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper as his complement. In, in Genesis, as God is creating and establishing the world, he kept saying, this is good. This is good. I mean, this is good. It's like God is having a good time, right? You know, just wondering, liking his own Facebook page. You know, this is good. But now, later on, for the first time in verse 18, we observe God saying, this is not good. He looks at Adam's state, realizing he is alone, and he says, it is not good for man to be alone. Why? Because God created Adam in his own image. That he is just like God, and God is communal. Uh, we see in Genesis where the Lord says, let us make man in our own image. Speaking of the communal nature of God. God was not alone when he brought forth the creation of the world, and neither should Adam, who would be called to subdue and exercise dominion of the world. God did not want Adam to be, separ to be separated from others. He was created for togetherness. And this togetherness was to compose of a vibrant, intimate relationship with God and, and with another companion called his wife, Eve. And so much so that we ourselves are designed and hotwired to thrive when we're in con continual, constant communion with God, right? And our, in, in our in constant communal relationships with one another. We malfunction when we're no longer connected with God, that vertical relationship with God, and with our horizontal relationships with one another. Uh, when, when that relationship is compromised, we, we malfunction and we begin to drift. And when we begin to drift, we drift off into nothing land. It's when we drift that we see the prayers of our confession and our liturgy today happen in our own lives. We begin to serve our own self-interest instead of serving others. 
We no longer love our neighbors as we have been commanded. We begin to worship God's money, power, greed, convenience. We begin to see division take place in our community and in our marriage and with our kids. We begin to lose sight of what life, what life is really all about, what matters most in life. But it doesn't stop there. Later on, we see, we know that God is not just our creator, and he's not only communal, but he's also love. And we saw earlier in 1 John 4, 8, that God is love, and God's love is what motivated him to create the world with such beauty, with such character, with such passion. It's his love that created him to, to bring forth Adam and Eve, and their relationship as image bearers would and should reflect and mirror God's love that as they love one another, they would experience this utopian bliss of togetherness and community. A few uh, months, a number of several months ago now, I was called by the Air National Guard to provide support at the Holyoke Soldiers Home in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. The operation uh, was called TF Lifeline, I believe. The guard was dispatched. Uh, Governor Baker wanted the uh, call for the guard to be dispatched to the soldier's home to provide stability and support to the administrators, to the staff, to the nurses, to the uh, veterans that were, were hurting. They had fallen victim to coronavirus. And by the time I left at the end of that mission, uh, during that very, very short time that I was there, we had lost over 70-plus veterans uh, in a short, very short period of time. And I remember landing on the ground there trying to get my bearings as I was there, and it just seemed like things were a bit chaotic among the, uh, the military troops and the veterans and the staff. And uh, some of the administrators were on administrative leave or were about to be placed on leave. And I was the first chaplain that, land, that hit the ground at the soldier's home, and my responsibility was to provide spiritual support to establish a chaplaincy ministry to provide a ministry of presence. And my first day there, I was going from room to room, uh, giving last rites or praying for the dying. And it was a very emotional experience as I was trying to process what was going on while at the same time paying attention to what was going on inside of me. One of the saddest parts of the experience of being at the soldier's home was the inability for the veterans to connect with their loved ones because of the unit isolations and the quarantine restrictions that were there. Many of the vets, because of the infectiousness of COVID-19, could not physically connect with their loved ones. And we tried to sort of bridge the gap by running around with uh, tablets, you know, and help them connect virtually with their loved ones, but it just wasn't the same. Some or many of the, of the veterans had to die alone. One of the greatest fears that men have is being alone. When you're alone, no one can hear you. There's no one there to talk with you. There's no one there who cares about you. And you might find yourself like Tom Hanks in the movie Castaway talking to a volleyball named Mr. Wilson. I believe Mr. Wilson won a few Grammys, didn't he, you know, for that, for that movie. Loneliness may or may not encompass being around people. You can be around many people and still feel alone. Kanye West in his song, I Feel Like That, recounts a list of feelings he is having inside as he battles with this phenomenon called loneliness. He describes his feeling of panic, anxiety, faintness, and dizziness, annoyed and irritated, and later asks this question, do you feel lonely even when you're around people? I remember I was down in New Jersey, and I was on my way back to Massachusetts, and I looked at my map, and I'm a little bit, I admit to you, I'm a little bit of a Krispy Kreme donut freak. You know, I have the, the app on my phone, and my phone is like totally full with very little storage at all. It, no storage actually right now, from what I understand. And, but I refuse to delete the Krispy Kreme donut app. I'll delete other apps, but not Krispy Kreme. You know, it's just that important to me. And so I was down in New Jersey. I saw my map. Krispy Kreme donuts on my map. It was nearby. So what I did, it was in New York though. So what I did was I thought, hey, I'm going to go across the George Washington Bridge, 
paid like $14 to go. Dude, I, I, I could have bought three boxes of donuts, you know, just to go, just going across the bridge. I was like, it is worth it. So I went into Manhattan, you know, looking for this Krispy Kreme donuts, and I couldn't find it. I, you know, to be, be honest with you, I was just overwhelmed by the skyscrapers. I mean, you know, the, the yellow cabs were just honking at me. There's rude, you know, I just all people walking everywhere. And I just, I just couldn't find Krispy Kreme in the midst of the swarms of people. And I ended up leaving without the donuts, you know, it was just a wasted trip. You know, I was around all those people, but I'm willing to bet nobody knew me. It's possible to be walking down the streets of Manhattan among the ever-towering skyscrapers and, and still feel alone because nobody really knows you, right? You're, you're, you're really, you are not really connecting with others, and the church should be that place, that community, that body where you find meaningful connection. We can grow more connected in the midst of coronavirus. We can be a community, a church family that is connecting with others, that's in tune with one another, that hears the hard cries of each other, so much so that we minister and care for each other to ensure that none of us are drifting off into nothing land. Paul in Romans chapter 7, verse 24 says, Who will rescue me from this dying body? But in verse 25, he provides the answer, and it's Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the love that ties us together. Jesus is the one that, that brings about unity in the body of Christ. You know, I get the opportunity as a, a, a father and I have four kids, and I work, and my wife stays at home with all four kids, and she works very, very hard. One of the uh, number of things that I learned on the quarantine is being at home with her, not having to go and work. I began to see, wow, she works really, really hard, uh, much harder than I do. And, and now that I'm back working again and I come home, I'm gifted with the opportunity to, to put the kids to bed, you know, so she doesn't have to do that too. And my son Cyrus, who's six years old, I can just throw him in the bed. He's okay. You know, you know, bye, Dad. All right, see you later, son. I love you. He's good. Won't hear from him again. My daughter, Michaela, oh, my gosh. It is so hard to put her to bed. I mean, she goes through a, a litmus of stuff she wants to talk about. I mean, she comes up with a million reasons why, you know, um, she can't go to bed yet. And it's just a challenge. It's like, you know, pop, you know, I put her to bed, she pops back up. Put her to bed, pops back up. You know, it's a challenge for me. And little Michaela can be so introspective at night. She'll ask the most, the most difficult questions. It's like she becomes a little theologian. <laughs> Some of the questions that she asked me as a young, as a seminarian, seminary uh, prof professional minister, you know, as she's asking me these questions, I'm even not, no, don't know how to answer some of them. She'll ask me questions like, why do good things bad things happen to good people? Or she'll ask me questions like, Dad, how old are you? And I, really, I realize she's not really asking me how old I am. What she's really saying is, Dad, how much time do you have left on this earth? Because I don't want to lose you. Or some of it's not that deep. She'll say, what happens if I lose my teeth? And I, I, what happens if I lose my permanent teeth? You know, you know, some of these kind of questions. It's in those funny moments, yet deepening moments, when I realize that it's not, this is not a moment for me to, to stray away and just throw her in the bed and run away. This is an opportunity of ministry. This is a pulpit. This is daddy-daughter ministry. And I remember there have been points when she'll go through a litmus, a myriad of, what if this happens to me, Dad? What if this happens? And, and what if this happens? And I'm like, Michaela, it's going to be okay. And what she's really wanting is a reaffirmation of God's love for her. She's longing in those little moments before she goes to bed. She wants to hear that God loves her. She doesn't have to worry about losing her teeth. She doesn't have to worry about if dad leaves. She doesn't worry about if I get sick or any of this. God loves her. He's got to take care of her. Everything is going to be okay. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, the apostle Paul says, For we know 
But later on in Romans chapter 8, verse 38, he says, I am persuaded. He's reassuring us that no matter what happens in life, no matter what happens after the election, don't worry, I am persuaded. No matter the coronavirus, I am persuaded. No matter what happens to your children, I am persuaded. God is in control. He, did, he Paul is considering the myriads of possibilities that can happen in this life. And like little Michaela, declares with confidence that, that not even death or life, angels or rulers, things present or things to come, hostile powers, height or depth, or any other creative thing will have the power to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Pleasant Street, I am persuaded that neither coronavirus or economic downturn, civil unrest nor racism, Death nor life, politics nor idealisms, nor postmodernism or socialism or any other kind of ism, nor oppression or depression or any other kind of shun. Nothing can separate us from God's love. That's how much he loves us. And in all of his love, the David Crowder band, I believe, sings, he is jealous for me. Love's like a hurricane I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. When all of a sudden, I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory. And I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. And oh, how he loves us so. Oh. oh, how he loves us. How he loves us. Oh. This is one of the reasons why I might love those intergalactic space movies so much. It's because when I try to grasp my mind around the vastness of space and I see the glories and splendor of God's, God's artwork, it overwhelms me. It reminds me of how great God is and how amazing he is and how much he loves us. The message paraphrase shares as I come to a close, Romans 8, verse 38 through 39, this way. None of this phases us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. My, I sat with my family, and I, at one point, not too long ago, I was playing a game with the kids, and and I said, well, you know, if you were shipwrecked, and many of you know this game, you've played it before. If you were shipwrecked on an island, you could only bring one thing, what would you bring? One of my kids, of course, you know, Miss Smarty Pants says, hey, I'll bring my cell phone. And I'm thinking, dude, you're jacked. You can't eat the cell phone, you know. And I'm thinking, uh, and for me, I'm thinking, hey, if I could only bring one thing, I'd want to bring you all. Because I wouldn't want to be by myself. Now, that's great for me, but bad for you guys, because now you're stranded on the island, you know? And some of you say, hey, I'd bring a cruise ship so I can get off the island. We go on and on and on. <laughs> the point is, as we're going through this difficult time, isn't it a blessing to have each other? Can we put our hands together for Jesus in Pleasant Street Church? Can we do that? Isn't God good? God is good. God has blessed you all. You have a new pastor coming on board. You know, this church is fuller than it was before. God is moving here. And it's not about whether church is full or empty, right? You know, God is here. Jesus is on the move here. It's a great place to be. And it's, just, it's God's amazing love that is undefeatable that ties us together. Let's make due diligence to share this love with others. And as we pray to, today in our liturgy, to live a lifestyle of inviting others into the family of God. Let's pray. Lord, Jesus, there's power in your name. 
There's power in the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, demons flee, demons tremble. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Thank you, Lord, that nothing can separate us from your love. Thank you, Father, that you reach down and you rescue us from our imprisonment, no matter what they are. You call us to be more than conquerors. If there's anyone here who doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, Jesus, I pray, God, that you would draw them to yourself, that they would know your salvation. May we have your peace this week, God, in the midst of the election and all that's going on. Many of us want this week just to be behind us. But, Lord, may your peace carry us through this week. Please, God, let us have peace no matter the outcome. We know you're in control. In Jesus' name, God, amen, amen. Thank you, Pastor Travoris. This is the time in our service when we will um, give our offerings as a response to God's love for us. We will not be passing the baskets, but just a reminder that you are able to leave your gifts for the Lord outside in the fellowship hall in the big box there too. Will you rise now in body or spirit as we conclude with our song, Christian Hearts in Love United. Christian hearts in love united, search to know God's holy will. Let His love in us united, more and more our spirits you uh, Pleasant Street. Can we lift up our hands to receive the benediction today? May our Lord Jesus Christ, who prayed that we would be one, even as he and the Father are one, so grace you with his spirit that you may grow in grace and fellowship and discover joy and walking together as part of Christ's body so that the world may know of God's love for us in Christ And may the blessing of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come upon you and stay with you always. Amen.
Have a great week.